Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. This is Penn Sunday School. We'll clean up the Buttersworth. <laughs> Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly. We are broadcasting from Show Creator Studio South. And Goudeau is not here. Uh, I don't know where he is, though. How did he do it? Uh, he probably told us. So I don't want to say that he, like, disappeared. I'm sure it's common knowledge. I just, we don't. We don't listen to him a lot. We don't listen to him a lot. But anyways, Penn's here. That's the important part. <laughs> and he's going to talk about Ozark making the hate I Love Lucy. And PNT getting avant-garde. Here he is preaching the love, Pendulet. Yeah, ten years, ten years, more than ten years. Now. More than ten Not years. Not with you, but oh, more than yeah. ten years. Yeah. Mrs. Buttersworth still around. She's still around. They cannot. I read an they article. Cannot, they cannot fire white people. Yeah. That just basically said like, ah, she should probably go too. Is what I was reading, and I thought that was <laughs> a factual. So there was some controversy. There was some controversy about keeping her. What was the controversy? That the shape of the bottle, people interpreted that as a mammy caricature. A what caricature? A mammy caricature, like from- uh, A sensitive racial caricature. Oh, mammy, mammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was saying mammy. No, no, Al Jolson, mammy. But I mean, some people have that shape. No, they don't. <laughs> no one has that shape. No one is eight inches tall. <laughs> and lacking in feet. Right. No one has. No. They, no one has that shit. Yeah. That's, that's true. If <laughs> if people were true, what if aliens came down and they said, we're going to create yeah. on our planet yeah. perfect people. Yeah. And they grab Mrs. Buttersworth. <laughs> and they create eight inch people with no feet. Full of syrup. Yeah. Or maybe only two thirds of the way full of syrup. Even creepier. Yeah. And really gummy around the top. Yeah. Yeah, and like, that would be like horrible. Dried candy behind the head. Oh, yeah, sure. That'd oh, be awful. Yeah. So, okay, we're, we're, we're Buttersworth haters. We can't let that happen. No, we can't let that happen. I'm, I'm really eager. I have so much to talk about. I want to talk about uh, how our show was avant-garde last night. Yes. We got a really long letter from an ice fisher. Yeah. I want to read every word of. I am, uh, yeah, let's, let's get into it. I was just even shocked that uh, we were capable of inflicting such pain. I don't even know if he's serious, but whether he's serious or not, I agree with him. Right. Let's get to that part. <laughs> but let, no, let's get to the, what we did last night. Okay. So last night, we have a bit in our show, right, where we kind of uh, good-naturedly- Yeah. Uh, no, not good-naturedly. We just make fun of people who do Zoom magic shows. Yes. And our point is that Zoom magic shows are really easy. Yeah. Because every Zoom magic show, you know this as well as I do, mm -hmm. the girlfriend of the magician- is on the floor yeah. handing shit up to the table. <laughs> That's how all the magic tricks are done. And in some cases, this I thought was fascinating, it was the same woman. <laughs> one woman broke up with one magician, went out with another magician, and still was crawling on the floor handing shit up. Sibylia. You know what I'm talking about. I think so. Yeah. So, that's the way the tricks are done. Yeah. If you saw a Zoom magic show during the lockdown, if your corporation 
you know, paid like $3,000 to some gazuni to yeah. do a magic show. Yeah. What there was, was there was a... You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Woman romantically involved with the magician on the floor, handing shit up. Yeah. When he put his hands out of frame, she was handing him shit. Yeah, and no. then she would stand up, and when he put his hands up out of frame the other way, she'd hand it down. And when he reached out to get something that had been there all the time, she was loading it into there. Yeah. So what you're really watching in the Zoom magic show is a woman running around. <laughs> Out of frame, yeah. doing all the magic. Yeah. So we have a trick in our show that is that. And we call up one person, which we get through the podcast mm -hmm. or through social media. And that one person is not in on it. Yeah. And we do a magic show for that one person, which is me doing the magic show while Teller runs around like, you know, Colin's girlfriend, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Runs around like that. Yeah. So Teller does that bit, and he makes a balloon animal that's called for, and he has a cake that matches that, right? Yeah. And the comedy ensues because the person that's watching the Zoom magic show is actually seeing a magic show. Yeah. And the thousand people in the theater are watching how it's done, and it's very, very silly. Yeah. Right? It's one of the only tricks we do on this show that doesn't have any real magic for the audience. Yeah. There's only magic for there. We have a great time with it. Big soundproof booth, lots of cake stuff. Tell her, make, you know, frost a cake with his hands. It's, it's, it's really goofy. It's very physical comedy. Yeah. Not usually in our style, but people seem to like it. Yeah. So last night, we tried to talk to our person who's on the, um, on the Zoom call, and uh, there's no audio. I say, what's your name? Where are you from? Nothing. Person uh. just sitting there. In Tennessee, wherever the and I know your crew works hard to set this up. But really hard. They test all the stuff beforehand. And then Kurt. It all works. Kurt runs out to fix it. And then I introduce him. This is Kurt. And I He's say, is, guy. isn't it great we introduce somebody only when they're screwing up? <laughs> and we're there. And then Nate says from the wings, uh, cut it. Cut it. We can't do it. It's not working. Go right into the ending. Go right into the fire eating. And I'm sitting there thinking there's a thousand people here and the fire eating is made to be a little bit solemn with yeah. jokes here and there that comes out of a kind of um uh expressive loud raucous the contrast spirits. of the two tricks is yeah. the ending of the show yeah yeah and i just go i don't think i want to i don't want to skip it so i go we're going to do it anyway so now i have teller Nate and Kurt all looking at me like puppies watching television. <laughs> they say, we don't have any sound pen. <laughs> they kind of repeat it like I didn't understand. <laughs> and I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. I'm just going to go. Right. So I go, Hey guy on the TV who can't hear me. I, what's your name? I'm going to say it's Bob. Oh, <laughs> And where are you from? I'm going to say in South Carolina. Hi, Bob. Person's watching me, not being able to hear what I'm saying, kind of waves back 
tentatively. And then I say, I want you to know we're not using any camera tricks. Bob, so are we live? The audience says, yeah. And Bob goes, no no reaction. Kind of checking things here and there. And then, you know, the whole trick is him picking things. Yes. So I'm picking people in the audience. Oh, okay. And I'm saying, if you were Bob, what kind of animal would you want? And the, uh, what kind of pet do you have? And the guy says, dog. And I go, okay, Bob, you have a dog. And now Teller's making a dog <laughs> out of a balloon animal. Yeah. But the audience is aware of the- It's no- The guy who said dog is seeing Teller make a dog. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing happening. And there's just a big picture of a guy looking befuddled <laughs> while we do this. And then I say, okay, and now what kind of cake do you like? And woman says, chocolate. And Teller's holding the three cake goes, okay, chocolate. So there's no trick on anybody, <laughs> anywhere. Thousand people watching. And now- the same look I saw on the face of Teller, Nate, and Kurt, I'm now looking out and seeing on the face of a thousand people. We're <laughs> <laughs> all going, what the fuck is this guy doing? There's no sense to it at all. There's no sense. It's completely, and Jonesy, who sits at the piano, this is Jonesy's favorite bit. Because Jonesy, of course, like all of us, we do pretty much the same show every night. Right. But birthday, which is what we call this bit, is not the same every night. No. Birthday is psychotic. There's a lot of variations. Always. Yeah. So Jonesy's always laughing his ass off. Yeah. Especially when I say something that the audience either can't possibly understand. Yeah. Or when I say something that's in dubious taste. Like when I would open up the, the box, it would be smoky. And I'd say, it's like Colorado, you know, when they have a yeah, forest yeah, fire. Yeah. Or when I would do, um, when I would do other stuff, you couldn't like references to the Godfather. Or, or you're, uh, when someone asked you instead of a dog, wanted a llama. Right. And, and I did the three Alama joke, <laughs> which nobody liked. Except Jones. Mm-hmm. Loved it. <laughs> Who just absolutely loved it. So I'm doing this whole thing. And then this wonderful thing happens, which about a long way in, like two thirds of the way in, for some reason, the whole audience kind of simultaneously changes from Nate's point of view. Of what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. To my point of view of what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> so people start to appreciate. Really, really like it. That you're pushing ahead. And I start going, you realize this is the most avant-garde thing you've ever seen in the theater because we're not doing this for anybody. <laughs> and the audience is now cheering. I go, there's no magic happening. There's no comedy happening. There's no surprise. We're just going through it. And the audience is going, yeah! That's impressive. And Jonesy is really laughing his nutsack off. Jonesy can hardly play piano. And Teller is kind of over there going, I, I guess we, I don't know what he's doing. This is right. Again, when you guys were first coming out of the lockdown, and you had uh, people at rehearsal, Jeff McBride, yeah. every time you guys went through a trick, his first question for you was always like, uh, and what's your outs on this if it goes sideways? <laughs> and you and Teller would always look at him and be like, uh, we don't know. <laughs> Not because things don't ever go wrong. We just don't have a plan. We'll be able to tell you in a year. <laughs> we'll be able to tell you at least 10. 
<laughs> plan Bs. <laughs> None of them will have worked, but we'll have them. This is just Jeff McBride in the back of the theater right now. Just be like, they really don't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to go through it anyway. Anyway. So, uh, and then I made a joke I probably should have made, mm-hmm. uh, which was just, uh, I said, what's your dog's name? And they said, uh, Ruka. And I said, Luca. And they said, Ruka. And I said, Luca. They said, Ruka. I said, oh, from Japan. <laughs> Shouldn't do that joke. I know. I know. Shouldn't do that. But joke. at least it wasn't set up that way. No, it wasn't. <laughs> And then I come to the end and I, the balloon pops, right? Yeah. And I go, here's where the real magic comes. When they get home from their vacation in Las Vegas, they're going to find when they walk in the door, their dog's blown up because <laughs> voodoo works. <laughs> and I think that was that line when the audience just went, okay. Sure. He's crossed the line. We'll go with him. <laughs> we're going over there with them. And then I start yelling at the guy who can't hear me about what's going to happen. I vanish the cake and I say, it's now appeared in your kitchen. Go check, go check in your kitchen, go check in your kitchen. And then I say to the audience, I swear to God on my life, that piece of cake is now in Bob's kitchen in Tennessee. <laughs> And the audience is all going, his name isn't Bob. He's not from Tennessee. And that cake is not in his kitchen. And he doesn't believe in God. And I think all of this is funny. (laughs) But it takes him a long time to get there. Yeah. I went went intrepidly where no person would go. No person. I'm trying to, in my head, I'm trying to go like, you know, as an audience member, you're thinking like, Oh, this is, this is, I guess, so what, first is, of course, well, we know this happens, right? <laughs> we know this happens at a magic show now. Yeah. And then you go through like, oh, I guess I could see how, if it was him making these choices to see how the trick could work or whatever. And be like, okay, so now you get the empathy on that side. And then you're like, but now it really is doing this for us. That's <laughs> exactly what's going on. Like, you really have to really fully understand everyone's perspective yeah. <laughs> on it. The guy locked out you us and then it does get really funny i think yeah well what it really becomes funny is uh that the audience i think yeah really understood that nobody was on board with yeah, yeah 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 so that, that this teller, absolutely was for no one for no one yeah and that they were just going along on on my weird ass trip yeah you know that once you rest like not just me Everyone, every single person is thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you, what are you Tell doing? her, the crew, me, <laughs> the guy watching. What are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Who is this for? <laughs> no one. <laughs> and Jonesy, Jonesy came up to me after the show and said, you know, I've seen some out shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen, I have seen jazz. Yeah, I was gonna say, take it way out. Yeah, I have seen some out avant garde shit. Yeah, but I've seen theater in New York downtown. Yeah, I've seen some out new shit, but this was out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thousand people in Vegas 
going to avant-garde theater beyond, you know, way, way beyond Mabu Mines. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't mean, I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about, yeah. but those downtown, you know that downtown yeah, yeah, yeah. New York theater. Yeah, yeah. When you get way downtown yeah. and the stuff is, we're doing all of Hamlet translated into Swahili yes. and then being performed by rocks. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> When they do those kind of things. Yeah. That's where we were. We were in that area. Yeah. And it was uh, it was really, really fun. <laughs> and, you know, that's something that I don't think I could have done even 10 years ago. What was Teller's reaction when it was all done? That was great. I walk off stage and I said, well, that that was kind of out. Teller goes, it was wonderful. <laughs> it was just wonderful. <laughs> so is it in forever now? What's that? Is it in forever? Yeah, we'll just put a still of a guy up there. <laughs> well, also, the guy was great because the guy, first of all, the connection was bad. Yeah. So he was freezing up all the time. Oh, my God. But in between freezing up, it was a guy about 50, balding, sitting at his computer with just a slightly quizzical look at his face. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I am just still watching Penn. Yeah. It's live. Yeah. This is really happening. He's, he's got a hat on now and he's yelling at me. <laughs> he's wearing a hat. I guess it's still the show. <laughs> I haven't gone home with him or something. That it was crazy. It was, it was really great. It was really, really great. <laughs> and uh, I was having such fun. Yeah. Just thinking, you know, all these people are thinking if we'd gone to see Copperfield. Yeah. We wouldn't be seeing this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's really one place on earth we're going to be able to see this. Yeah. And it really brought into focus uh, that we are a little different than other magic acts. I think so. It made it very, made it very clear. And the audience seemed thrilled. At the end of it, they were laughing crazy hard. Yeah. Because, of course, at the end, I'm also throwing in that I no longer kept the cake on the plate. I just kind of threw it down and right. it's getting messy. Just knowing it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So uh, I feel very good about myself. So now I'm going to read <laughs> what David Schrank wrote yeah. to, uh, to make me feel very bad about myself. Okay. This is David Schrank writing this. Yeah. I'm going to read what he wrote. It's rather long. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. But uh, I think you should hear it. Hey, you numbskull. That's the way it starts. Which at least is, I think, I think uh, showing a, a, that he is a jovial listener, I think. Yeah. Hey, you numbskull. And also yeah. a little bit of a Stooges reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well remember a thoughtful homily you presented a couple of Septembers ago where you made an eloquent point of empathy that as long as we wander about with the extreme position of us and them, we are trapping ourselves in the divisive and hurtful prison. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Since then, it has been part of my mind. There's no way you said it that well. Back no, I didn't. No. This has been part of my mindfulness. Yes, these idiotic motherfuckers are still us, even though their wrong-headed, ignorant, and hateful views on religion, science, fairness, and the founding fuckers are nearly incomprehensible. 
tough to have empathy for them, but unlike you and your podcast cohorts, I've lived and worked among them and had to make the relationships work in a business and personal sense. That's not fair, but sure. My sense is that broadly they feel shit upon by the smiling, educated, successful class as seen on TV. Culturally Extian. Christian, I think. It's Christian. Culturally Christian without a concept of escape, living paycheck to paycheck with substances, tattoos, sex, bullying others, and whatnot being only temporary escapes. When the chance to say fuck you to the urban elites arises, they're all in. I've been the culture for decades. You must mean in there. Yeah. It's been the, I'm sorry, it's been the culture for decades. I do fear that the Christian cult of the silent majority feels they've finally been educated by faux news and the like. Don't know what the answer is, but it's not doubling down on the us versus them. Every word I agree with so far, except yeah. the thing about the elite, never mind. Brings me to the point about ice fishing. <laughs> and here's his point. Yeah. Under, underlined. Fuck you ignorant fucks. You're belittling people who know far more than you do about the natural world, true, and the joy of being out in the elements. True, 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 true. Yeah. You have me beat hands down when it comes to popular culture, showbiz, and the like. You have no chance to comprehend the beauty of watching the clouds move across the sky, feel the wind in your face, see the snowstorm moving down the mountain, catching the fish, and watching the birds. I ice fish in the high lakes of Southwest Colorado. No driving on the ice, no snowmobile, no electronics, no shanty. But if my wife wanted a fucking one, game on. Yeah. Not you, of course. <laughs> no powered auger. We ice fish in the sunshine, often with shirts off for a bit of catching winter rays until the wind picks up. It is usually a group of guys and kids and the witty banter, along with corny old ice fishing jokes, often exceeds the entertainment value of your highfalutin podcast. <laughs> Wait a minute, man. We have This is the first time we've been called highfalutin. Yeah, this is actually... This is Really complimentary. Yeah, exactly. Can we just pull that pull quote out? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Highfalutin, Ben Sunday School, hi, hi, entertainment value, highfalutin podcast. That's what we're saying. <laughs> and yes, fish will be caught. Trout will be small. I didn't know you could trout uh, ice fish for trout. There you go. I don't know anything. Trout will be smoked, pate of great flavor will be made and shared with neighbors. Some cue-allied. A number of trout will be given to 75-year-old rednecks who can no longer make the hike. Anyway, there is no justification for treating ice fishers as stupid and beneath dignity. I found some of the jokes funny. Thank you. Also amazing. But thought how alienating the remarks could be to genuine human beings, even though their disparate worldviews are a problem to me. Somehow we need to treat the worst of the fucks as human beings and part of us. Reminds of how some wise writer taught me to love golf. I love golf because it keeps millions of people off the lakes and streams. Now apologize to the wise old ice fishers, you fuck. I'm sorry, wise old ice fishers from this fuck. Yeah. And I think we're done. Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. I, uh, a couple things here. One, uh, I apologize too. 
I don't think Godot needs to apologize. He's not here, but yeah, I, don't, I think he was. Well, well, Reddy Rich's comment, I want yeah. to read. My recollection is that it was because you were envisioning, weren't envisioning real people. You were basing it all on Godot. Yeah. Yeah. That is the our best defense. Um, I'm not positive as to the comedic uh, angle or lack of comedic angle of this written word mm-hmm. here, but he seems like a longtime listener. Mm-hmm. One is I love this because as, as as soon as I read this, I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, Penn's going to want to read this whole thing on air. And then as soon as you read it, you're like, we're going to read the whole thing on air. Because <laughs> <laughs> I did the birthday thing. <laughs> It's like, I was like, and this, I mean, that's, I, I, you know, the fact that we, that if we took this, took this to the letter of the word, uh, with no comedy, of course we read it on air. And yes, we want this perspective out there to our listeners since we, because mm-hmm. when we speak about QAnon being misin, misinformed about science and things like that, we do mean it. Mm-hmm. When you and I were busting Godot's balls about ice fishing, I think it was clear that we don't know shit about ice fishing. Yeah, exactly. I don't, well, yeah. I, I don't think anyone would hear us and then encounter an ice fisher or someone who likes ice fishing at a, at a, at a gathering and be like, oh, I have to listen to Penn Sunday School. I know you're a fucking idiot. You know? Like, I don't, I don't think that exactly. would be less. Inclined. And I do believe that David knows that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I just, for my own sake as a podcaster, I just want to be clear that like, you know, by- sometimes we do speak as advocates and sometimes we're just basically pointing an arrow at ourselves about how ignorant we are to a world as we tried to basically we went into knowing nothing my nephew danny stowe yeah. uh, who lives up in massachusetts yeah and vermont around there's a cabin in vermont uh he, he looks like uh what was being described here yeah his big beard long hair yeah down jacket uh he's the kind of guy that uh i don't believe he spends his work day I don't yeah. believe is he spends more than 15 minutes indoors and I'm even exaggerating that and he um he probably spends 45 minutes in the cab of a truck yeah but otherwise he's outside yeah all winter yeah you know and when he gets dressed to go out like the amount of time we go outside like to the car Yes. Or to walk out in the snow in a blizzard, t-shirt, shorts. Yes. Sneakers or barefoot. He does not consider a walk to his car encountering the elements. No. You and I do. Right, exactly. Yeah. When he is going to work. Yeah. You know, he has the proper boots, two sets of socks. Yes. Proper underwear, proper gloves, proper headgear. He is going to be out in the elements for eight hours. Yeah. See, when we picture ice fishing, yeah. we picture we're going to go out there in a hoodie yeah. and jeans and sneakers. And someone invited us and we said yes. Yeah. And we'll be like, why did we say yeah. yes to this? When Denny goes ice fishing, yeah. he's going and he's going with his friends. And he's going with his friends to sit around and bust balls like we do. And we know that. Yeah. Just we'd rather do it in the tea room of the Four Seasons. Yes. And, and but- we get carried away making fun of ice fishing. What I mean is like there's an arrow pointing right back at us is that like as you describe your uh, uh, as you describe Denny, mm-hmm. what I picture is being next to him, him being prepared and having his 
Indeed, wisdom and knowledge about the outdoors and me feeling completely emasculated by standing next to him. Exactly. Like what we are essentially doing is Hemingway. Yes. <laughs> we are talking about <laughs> Hemingway encountering the guide on the boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can exactly. you imagine you and me trying to ice fish with Denny? Right. And Denny's going, what, what the fuck are you doing? We have no what? doubt that we would be the comedy relief of your ice fishing outing if we were to go with you, uh, uh, David. Uh, David, that- yeah, we would be the ignorant guys and just everyone just laughing at how inept we would be in that setting. And it reminds me, although this is not about ice fishing, yeah, of one of my favorite comedic exchanges with my nephew Danny, who works in trees. He does landscaping, yeah, snow plowing, uh, all that stuff. He does yeah. all that stuff. Uh, he knows riding mowers and chipper shredders and all that stuff inside out. Yeah, so he'll be in a tree. High up in a tree, uh, doing pruning with a chainsaw. Yeah. Okay. And he says to me, we're riding in the car, and the timing on this is really important. The silences are like everything. Yeah. Uh, He says to me, um, you know, not only can you fall out of a tree, but you fall out of a tree with a chainsaw. So if you do fall out of the tree, you have to not fall on the chainsaw. I mean, what a horrible thing, right? So I say to him, if you find yourself falling, can't you just throw the chainsaw away? And here's the timing Denny does. Can't you just throw the chainsaw away? Denny goes, ah. But it's tied to you, so it'll come right back. (laughs) 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 And I say, it's tied to you? And he says, ah. Because if it's not, no one will work your ground crew. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. See, that's exactly it. Same boat and ice fishing. Yeah. All, I'm sure there's a lot of common sense things that we'd be like, what? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> and of course, sitting around with friends, telling jokes, getting out, and that kind of stuff is, yeah. As long as you- Camaraderie. I like everything about it except the freezing your ball sack off. <laughs> Exactly. I don't like being cold. I re- yeah. I think I didn't mind it when I was a little bit younger. Yeah. But I really don't like being oh, cold. Oh, whenever I travel now and people go like, hey, but you're originally from New Jersey, so you're used to this. I'm like, I haven't lived in Jersey in a very long time. <laughs> I've lived in Vegas for a very long time. I mean, really, when it gets down to 55, we're freezing. <laughs> we're really freezing. So putting us out in the lake, we would not do well. No. You know, when I lived in New York- I, Lou Reed used to yell at me for this all the time. I went to a like, you know, store where they like, you know, they sell stuff to climb Everest. Yeah. And I bought a down jacket, you know, that was cleared to like 50 degrees below zero. Yeah. That's what I wore in New York because I hated being cold. And Lou Reed would like go out with me. We'd go out to see a band or something. And Lou would go, you can't wear that big down jacket wear, wear your leather jacket i'm going to be walking in with you i can't be walking in with the michelin man <laughs> you don't want to see lou reed with the michelin man right. and i go lou i don't want to be cold and he goes you're just going to be we'll be in the car then we'll walk to the club put on a leather jacket please i don't like walking around with this bright blue michelin man <laughs> and that was always our argument because even and you'll see piff yeah. Piff wears a big down jacket too. Yeah. We don't like being cold. Anymore. No. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, you know, I said casually, I mean, excitedly, but yeah. casually, a couple 
weeks ago, I said that Dead Mouse was doing our intro. Yes. The show show would start with Dead Mouse music and video, right? I talked about working with Dead Mouse, how much I loved him. Well, Dead Mouse wrote to me and said, what the fuck happened? Reddit just blew up. (laughs) I went, oh. He said, did you say somewhere I was doing something with you? And I went, oh, yeah, my podcast. He went, Jesus Christ. Uh, I know Dead Mouse. I like Dead Mouse. I enjoy Dead Mouse's music. I was not really aware in my bones Mm -hmm. of what a big star Dead Mouse is. Right. This is kind of like it's 1975, okay? And Doug Henning says kind of casually in an interview, oh, by the way, the Stones are doing a new song for my show. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. And people go, oh, new stones, new stones, new stones. Yeah. Right. I didn't think that I'd actually said new stones, new stones. New. I said new dead mouse. So I'm thinking there may be people coming to our show just to hear uh nine. That's two minutes now, two minutes of dead mouse music. Yeah. And of course, uh, the Lion King voice. Yeah. That's what's starting our show. Yeah, yeah. And you saw it the other day. It's fucking beautiful. It's great. You also, again, you just have an awesome crew over there. Yeah. Just We sat down, and they're like, can we show you something? And it just was really a lot of great stuff. Yeah. And, you know, this is, you know that I don't like parody. Yeah. And I do not like satire. Yeah. There's no parody and no satire in this. No, no. It's just the real deal. Yeah. It's really Dead Mouse doing real music. Yeah. It sounds so good. It sounds so cool. And it's so loud and so powerful and so what you do not expect. No. You know, it's just, you do not expect to go to a Penn and Teller show and have it start out as a rave. Right. You know, electronica. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's really wonderful. I'm, so yeah, Reddit blew up though, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Dead Mouse said he's getting all this stuff. Couldn't understand why. Why are they talking about where's this new track? Where can we get it? What's going on? There's a new Dead Mouse track. When's that going to drop? What's happening? Oh, geez. Yeah. Because there is a new Dead Mouse track. It's yeah. dropping next Thursday at the Penitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, pretty funny. I thought, pretty that, great. I thought it was really funny. And uh, I'm going to get to the uh, the Ozark Lucy thing because it's, okay. it's really important to me. But I, I want to say this. I realized... This is really hard to explain, but I don't think at a visceral level, I believe that people spoke different languages. (laughs) I think I believed that they understood English and they were just kind of playing with other sounds for other words. Yeah. And very slowly, very intellectually, I know this. But very slowly, it's sinking into me. And the real thing that just blew my mind completely was we were working with Hondro. Mm-hmm. There's the gentleman who, um, who works at the Rio who cleans backstage. He's back there cleaning in the halls and stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, I've always, always say hi to him. How you doing? You know, always, always, yeah. always greet him. Uh, we don't. Greet by name. He never calls me Pen, mm-hmm. you know. But we just speak. You're familiar faces. Yeah, familiar faces, and very pleasant, very sweet guy. Yeah, smiles. And then when Hondro 
was backstage with us. Hondro said, hola, hola, mi amigo. And they were chatting for a while in Spanish. And of course, when I said hi to him and how are you, I was very aware that English was a second language. Oh, right. And we didn't talk a lot because of that. And then after Hondro did that, I just walked in and just casually, I said like, hola. And he just lit up. Oh, and wow. he said, hola, back to me. And I said, like, tal, mi amigo? And he was talking to me in Spanish. And I was talking back to him. And all of a sudden, at some level, there was a connection with him that was at a different level than I had before with people. You know, sure. I've talked to Hondro in English a lot. And I've talked to Amy, my tutor, in English a lot. And even Eduardo, you know, Eddie Good, Eduardo Bueno, who, uh, who, uh, who was our friend that we, Kudo and I talk Spanish with now and again. Great guy. Uh, I talk with him in English. But this was the guy that I connected with at a whole different thing. And I realized after I said, I didn't, I'm not talking, you know, we didn't have a long talk about Cervantes, you no, know no, what I mean? No, 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 no. Um, we, um, we, we spoke maybe pleasantries. It was nothing but yeah, pleasantries, yeah, yeah. but all pleasantries that I've learned. Right. You know, pleasantries that I've learned, you know, just talking about the day and how we're doing. And, um, that connection was at a different level. And part of me, was formulating what I was feeling. You know, you, uh, usually people who are very verbal, like we are, yeah. you feel something and are able to speak it at almost the same time. Right. You know, uh, I, I believe I think in words. Right. And I think some people don't. I think some people think in images, some people think in feelings, mm -hmm. but I really do think in words. But I was trying to formulate what I was feeling. And of course, you could go with the obvious sappy connection with another person, but that wasn't really what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, I was feeling with the eye contact and the, I was feeling, and I finally vi uh, was able to verbalize it to myself was, oh, people really do speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> that was the revelation. Yeah. You know, and that was happening at a um subverbal level or maybe superverbal level. Yeah. It was happening in a different place. And you know, um Tim Jennison said to me, You can't think about thinking until you know another language. You cannot think about thinking. You cannot get knocked out. And I've found myself it's tiny. See, this is the thing about me learning another language. English has served me very well. Mm -hmm. I earn a very good part of my living and of my relationships with people are really verbal. Yeah. And those are tied in with English. So uh, a lot of people learning another language who are more skilled than I are, I am have, have better listening, have better uh, mimicry skills. Mm -hmm. uh, those people learn languages very quickly. Godot learns faster than me. Teller learns way faster than me. I mean, we were talking to Hondro about a bit we're doing with Spanish, and Teller, who hasn't studied Spanish, is picking up stuff faster than me. Wow. Teller's really quick at it. And, you know, I, we know friends who, uh, our friend Katrina, yeah. who, uh, who speaks five languages, they pick up on it very quickly. I am, I'm dumb as soil samples. You know, I just, I don't have a brain in my fucking head. One of the reasons is, besides just lack of processing power, uh, one of the things is I am so deeply rooted in English. Yeah. You know, and Hondra, who's spoken two languages since he was five, you know, and who speaks English very well. Yeah. 
said to me, have you started to, to think in Spanish yet? Because Hondro says when he is in uh, uh, the U.S., like he was in working with us for yes. two weeks, yeah, yeah. he said by the time he's been here three days, he is thinking totally in English. Yeah, and it, it shows too. His whole world is English. Yeah. And he said, I asked him Spanish word for something, simple thing. He paused for a really long time. Had to get into a whole different yeah. thinking. And my uh, my throat doctor, my voice doctor, who's fabulous, is from Peru. And he said when he goes to Peru, it's about a day to ramp up. And when he comes back after two weeks in Peru, it's about another day before he yeah. ramps up. So Hondro asked me if I was starting to speak, speak think in Spanish. Slight, slight glimmer of occasionally I can feel myself feeling a phrase that isn't in English. And I got to tell you, the excitement I've put in, um, I keep track of, you know, this is the thing my tutor said, you're just the, the craziest student I've ever had. <laughs> she said, first of all, you understand stuff in entirely the wrong order. <laughs> she said, you have trouble with the simplest stuff and you're giving me more complex stuff. So I have no idea how you learn or how you think. Right. She said, also, I've never had another student who kept track of all the time they put in. And I said, I do everything with checklists. I do everything with timers. Yeah. You know, every book I've written has been on start writing, stop. Yeah. You know, and I do, I'm going to do 45 minutes now in the book. Yeah. I clock in and I clock out. And you know, in front of me, I always have a checklist. Yep. I'm always checking off how much I practice, how much I exercise, how my, all that stuff is all checked off. So I've done 582 hours of Spanish now. Supposedly, at about 500 hours, I was supposed to be fairly conversational, which my tutor says I was. Doesn't feel that way to me. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, 582 hours, and I'm just starting to get glimmers where I feel myself uh, starting starting to kind of sort of think. I don't want to overstate this. Yeah. It's like one phrase will be in my mind in Spanish. And I'll tell you, the, um, the elation I feel with that, mm -hmm. I'm just totally elated that, um, wow, I'm starting to see another person. And sometimes when I'm in my car doing my uh, Pimsleur, I do I do Pimsleur, I do um, Fluens, and I do uh, Duolingo. I do all three of those every day, all of them, right? Plus I have a tutor, plus I have Hondro, plus I have uh, Eduardo. Um, I'm doing all that. And uh, sometimes I'll be doing that repeating stuff, and I'll hear my voice. When the sentences are fairly long, yeah, I'll hear my voice and my intonation and where I'm leaning on things, and it doesn't sound like me. Mm. And uh, the feeling that Tim Jennison told me, you'll start to feel like you're another person, is overwhelming. Now, I expected to get some of these feelings at 100 hours, yeah. and I think many people do, but I'm just, I'm just slow. You know, as I say to Moxie all the time, we plug. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. are pluggers. We just, I just keep going along. So it's pretty exciting. I'm starting to understand that people really do speak another language. And I, I say that as though it's a joke. It's not a joke at all. Cause when I say understand, I don't mean 
I don't mean uh, this is intellectually. Like a, yeah. it's, my, it's my monkey brain, my lizard brain. What's the man and the elephant or whatever? What's the what's the expression? Like the intellect is the man, but the right, you're right, riding, riding an elephant, elephant. riding, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, the elephant is starting to understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That that's what you. Uh, it's it's a Buddhist idea. Yeah, that we're riding an elephant, or I read it in the book on Buddhism. It's probably yeah. isn't a Buddhist idea. Um, you're we're riding an elephant, and that's what you're doing with your body, with your mind. Yeah, you're trying to diet, trying to do stuff like that. You're just trying to get that elephant. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the show Ozark. Do you watch Ozark? I do. Okay. Uh, how, how, how far are I'm we? all the way th- uh, caught up. Okay, so you know. Now, here's the thing that's amazing. When I would watch I Love Lucy. Yeah. Or the Lucille Ball show. <laughs> or really much, much of comedy. Yeah. Not only in the 60s, but up to the present day. Yeah. I would find it not funny, but annoying. Right. Lucy, for the love of Christ, yeah. just tell Ricky that you and Ethel are trying to set up a birthday party for Bob Hope. <laughs> He'll understand. Yes. There'll be two minutes of perhaps slight anger. Yes. Then he'll understand. He'll be able to help you. Yeah. This is, uh, Three's Company was what drove me crazy with this. Three's Company Give was an always- example. Uh, it was always just somebody mishearing something in the kitchen because they shouldn't be eavesdropping. And then the whole episode is them acting out on this thing, and then it becomes a huge mess, and they can't clean it up. And then, and you're like, just come out of the kitchen door, just push the door open. I'm here, I can hear you. Mm-hmm. You know, like just let them know you're right there. Yeah. And John Ritter, yeah. Instead of doing Three's Company, yeah. John Ritter could have just sat down on the set, addressed <laughs> the camera directly, and said, you know what it feels like to have your dad. Be the bear in Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> Wouldn't you have listened to a 23-minute monologue yeah, about that? Yes. Yeah, day in, day out. Yeah, sure. He could have talked about that all the time and then talked about how, you know, this whole concept is just uh, a sexual fantasy becoming a situation comedy. Totally. Yeah. Look at the, look at these, how attractive these people are. <laughs> look how attractive we all are. It won't be long in the future before you can watch three people who look exactly like us actually having sex <laughs> in every way you can imagine. Hold tight. Right on a screen. Right <laughs> on a screen. For right now, you can't really do it, but give us 25 years, <laughs> maybe 30. We will, we will go from Three's Company to Pornhub. You can search for all this. Yeah. So Lucy would make me crazy. And drawing room farces, people going in and outdoors, yeah. I hate them. Hate them, hate them, hate them. So Lucille Ball, who I never thought was particularly funny, um, the situation comedy drives me crazy. A misunderstanding that gets carried all the way through the show, I hate that. Yeah. Just clear up the misunderstanding. So you start watching Ozark. (laughs) And Ozark is the parents are laundering money. Yeah. For a drug cartel. Yeah. And they have teenage children. Yeah. Who don't know. (laughs) They don't know what their parents really do. It's a normal family, but the parents are laundering money for the cartel and the children don't know. 
That's the whole premise of the show. <laughs> That's going to carry them four seasons. That's what it's going to be. Ooh, we got to keep that information from the children. Now, I know it's not comedy, but it's the same thing, right? Yeah. It's a Lucille Ball episode. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, Ethel and I, we're laundering money for the cartel. And we can't let, we can't let Ricky know. Oh, Ricky, Ricky. Okay. And then, what, episode four of Ozark? Yeah. Children, you need to know this. Yeah. And they sit down and tell them. Yeah. And you go, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fucking fuck? Did they just really piss away their next four years of plot? Yeah. On people doing what they would actually have to do? <laughs> they could not have possibly done that. What the fuck? Lucille Ball never did that. Yeah. Lucille Ball never sat down with Ricky and went, you know, we're laundering money for the cartel. <laughs> never. Me and Ethel were doing that, you know. Uh, Fred Mertz. Yeah. Fred and Ricky find out. Jesus. And then I'm on season four now. What Three? What is it? There's uh, There's been four. Four, uh, three and, and a half. half, three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just finishing up three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then they get me again and I, they do this all the way through, Yeah, yeah. but they get me again. Right. Uh, the son starts working for Ruth. Yes. Laundering money for the, uh, competition. Yeah. And I'm, I settle right in because I've been trained by Lucille psychotic ball <laughs> and every one of those fucking French farces. Yeah. I have been trained by them for shitty, shitty writing. So I say, it just I never verbalize this, but I just think it. Okay, so uh, he's working for Ruth, and the parents don't know, and now hijinks are going to ensue <laughs> as they try to keep that information. Yeah. They'll keep that information from us. They got to do that. Yeah. And I'm really geared up, and it's like one episode worth, right? Yeah. Yeah, one episode worth. And then it, what, how does it actually come out? Ruth drives over, I think. I think so. Ruth just drives over and says, your son's working for us laundry money. Yeah, yeah. And he's better than you. Yeah. And you go, she just they, she just talked to Ricky. Yeah. She just talked to Ricky Ricardo. Yeah. I, uh, it's the greatest thing ever. It really is. I think it was Breaking Bad was the first time I noticed it were the TV shows that I really liked were just always putting the next scene as a given. The thing that you think might be a cliffhanger for the whole episode was just immediately addressed in the next scene. Did Breaking Bad do that? Yeah. Yeah. And it would just be like, oh, we're going right past this this thing. There's been a lot of talk about uh, not even anti-hero, but just yeah. real villain. I mean, the people in um, in uh, Ozark, yeah. uh, the, the Wendy and um, yeah, yeah. whatever his name is. The character. Marty. Marty. Wendy and Marty are bad people. Yeah. They're killing people. Yeah. And there's a lot of superficial interest in how we're celebrating bad people or following bad people. And that's what I was first breaking bad. I would always say I didn't like shows about bad people yeah. and breaking bad was that, you oh, know? Yeah. And I said to Teller when he first started watching it, it's a weird kind of hero. And Teller said, there's no hero. Yeah. It's just a villain. It's just a bad guy. Yeah. There's nothing redeeming. And I go, uh, and he go, no. There's nothing redeeming. You're yeah. watching a show about a bad person, which you always say you don't like. But <laughs> on another level, there's something so brilliant about the writing. Yeah. The writing is just taking every cliche 
uh, the whole style of writing. I can't think. I mean, even Shakespeare has those farce things where people don't really understand. Yes. They just talked. And now there's this whole bunch of, and I don't know what it means. I mean, I have no idea what it means to our culture, but every single time it thrills me and also titillates me. Yes. I, watching a show about cartels and drug dealers and murder does not titillate me at all. I've right. been watching murder shows since I was born. Right. Right. Detective shows, murder shows, they're all everywhere. That's all we do. Yeah. That's all we do. That's no big deal. Drug cartel is the, uh, bored with that. Yeah. But there's a, at a actual writing level, there's something incredibly profound going on. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, for me to personalize, it's like, it's a, it's like arrogant. It's like, oh, you're afraid you write yourself in that corner? Yeah, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to write myself in another corner yeah. right now. Yeah. And you're like, you're not going to write your way through that. And you're like, yeah, I am. And yeah. then I'm going to write myself right into another corner that you didn't even see coming. And you're like, what? You don't need another corner. Yeah, but I wrote one anyway. Yeah. You know, like uh, um, she, she suddenly wants to set up an organization. Mm-hmm. You're like, where the fuck did you need that? Yeah. You don't need to do that. No. <laughs> you, have, you have a lot of shit on your plate. <laughs> and you're not going to... You you can never have the FBI person no keeping yeah. the information from the FBI is your whole plot. Now we've told her everything. Yeah. Now she goes and meets with the drug cartel guy. Yeah. No, you can't do that. No, you can't. I Sorry. Can't. Yeah. I'm going to break this coconut and with my she, cock. And she's not going to break the rules. She does. Uh, break <laughs> protocol. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I know like as a joke writer- if I get asked to help other people write jokes, the hardest thing is like, I don't know, just write something funny, you know, mm-hmm. versus like, okay, here's the hard part. It can't say this. It can't say that, but I need to say this. And the punchline definitely has to come for that. And that's going to go in this person's voice. Yeah. I'm like, great. I love that. Well, the expression that, is factors, yeah. our art thrives in its limitations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that, that, that sums it all up. Yeah, yeah. That's what Teller says all the time. And that's the great thing about magic. Yeah. That you don't have in a lot of improv. No. Because in magic, you say, oh, I've got to find a way to put my left hand in my pocket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or there yeah, won't yeah. be a trick. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I've got to find a way to justify having a rubber band around this. And that's, a, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I have to seem like I'm the kind of guy who would just have rubber bands on them. Yeah. And as uh, as uh, Johnny Thompson always used to say, you got to talk away the box. Yeah. You got to talk away the box. The box is going to be on stage. Someone's got to get into it. The box is doing the trick. Talk away the box. Talk away the box. Yeah. And talking away the box is where the real joy of creating magic is. Yes. Got to talk away the box. Yeah. I mean, it's always hysterical when you're pounding your head on a new trick. It's like, there really is a, there's at least one moment, one voice in your head that goes like, ah, oh, it'd be great if I just was, if there's just actual magic. Yeah, always, always, <laughs> always. Yeah. We just gotta, if we just could, I don't want to touch it's like, that. I can do that, but I can't do that. The audience cannot see this in my hands at any time. Well, then the only solution is actual magic then. <laughs> Real magic. Yeah. yeah. When I, uh, when they I, have to pull it up. They I'm, have to do the thing. When I'm trying to sell tricks to tell her, I often say, and my method for this is actual magic. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the idea that, I mean, we don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, we don't know how long the arc is 
yeah. uh, that they actually had in their heads when they started. Right. We don't know that on Breaking Bad. I mean, there's probably been some interviews if I dug really deep. Right. That where the where the uh, the creators talk about that. Yeah. But I mean, stuff like Ray Donovan. Yeah. The creator just split two years in. She was fired or whatever. Yes. Know? So we know that th- they're just winging it. Yeah, and then the you Sopranos, know. same thing. We know they fired all the writers for season three, I think. Yeah. And brought a bunch of new people. That's always fascinating. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, this just lives, right? This actually isn't anyone's yeah. This isn't anyone's baby. This is just the thing that has so they hash, I mean, and this is not secret. Yeah. I mean, they are it's not like they're doing this accidentally. Yeah. They're actually going, now he's gonna work for the drug cartel. When do the parents find out? And one person in the room goes, get a couple seasons out of this. And the other guy goes, how about 15 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> the draft that just turned in has him telling about it right away. <laughs> Let's read it. I like this scene. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. Yeah. And she'll have her drive over to do it. I mean, it's not even an accident. No. That's the thing that kills me. It's not even like, oops, we saw, we saw in his computer that he's actually doing this. Yeah. Someone drives over and tells you. Yeah. You know, they're driving, because that's what happens. That's the other thing. It rings a certain kind of true, even though, of course, it's not. We're no. not in drug cartels. Not, but but it, we the the answer to, like, why is it hard to keep secrets is that sometimes just some people just want to go, like, fuck it, here. Yeah. Here's the truth. And they also, I they, don't feel they like want being, to do it to be mean. Yeah. By the way, your fucking son's working for us. Yeah. That's the way it really gets told. Yes. It's not like, oh, he left his computer open. Yeah. No. The same thing, like, yeah, there's an episode where the guy goes to meet up with the daughter against the, his wife, you know, his yeah. girlfriend at the farmer's market. Yeah. And when does she find out? Instantly. Yeah. <laughs> he does this whole big thing to make sure she doesn't have no idea he's going. And she just grabs his phone and looks and is like, yep, yeah. oh, that's who he's meeting. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, it happens all the time. They just go right at the thing. Yeah. And it's relentless. That show, that's what's fascinating watching the show. It's relentless. It is just relentless. Yeah. I can't say whether it's good or bad. Yeah. But it's, it is crack. It and, is television crack. And whoever they, uh, who's the guy who plays Marty? Jason? Uh, Bateman. Bateman. Yeah. He is so good. Yes. How can you be that good? I mean, the thing is that the actors are all at a level. I mean, also Breaking Bad was that. Yes. Hey, Breaking Bad yeah, was yeah. acting at a level that we'd never seen before. I mean, and you know, Lord Lenny, Lord Lenny had a, a lot of respect as like a, a, a big time actor, Yeah, you know, stage and screen kind of thing. What, what, that, that's Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. What, His wife. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. That's the thing. It's like, yes. Because uh, you're the best we've ever seen. Jason Bateman, you know, not. That's not, that was not his reputation before. Right, right. No, it wasn't. No, he was a sitcom yeah. actor. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's. Uh, but that's the other thing that, that juggling yeah. got so much better that we can't even see it. And when I watched, you know, my, uh, my, uh, my son loved community. Yes. So I watched all of community and watching the show, I started realizing every person on this show can do everything. Yeah. They can sing. They can dance. Yes. They can do mime. Yeah. I'm sure they can all juggle. they can do comedy yeah they can do broad comedy yeah they can do subtle comedy they can do verbal comedy they can do visual comedy they can do drama yeah (laughs) they can play pathos they can do everything and i think we're just seeing a level of acting i mean bateman i think uh i mean it looks to me like taxi driver 
would be a walk in the park for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, know, you say, okay, we're doing De Niro's uh, Taxi Driver. You have to remake of Taxi Driver. you got to be as good as De Niro. And Bateman goes, uh, this is next week's script? Well, that's, the, that's one of the biggest things that, that show does is as a married couple, one person makes a bold-ass proclamation the other person clearly doesn't agree with, and you look over that person, and they're doing nothing and saying nothing. <laughs> and I was like, that's real life. That is fucking real life right there. It does not boil over into a conversation immediately. And they do that, but they also do boiling over, and they come back down, yeah. and they do, they do all that stuff. Yeah. So I think about the stuff that I've seen. I mean- I don't think I used to think that De Niro in Taxi Driver was fabulous. Yeah. Now I see Bateman and go, yeah, he could do that. <laughs> Simple. You yeah. know what I mean? I think about the uh, the best acting. I mean, picture uh, uh, the woman playing Wendy, Laura Lenny. Yeah. Picture her doing Taxi Driver. Yeah. Piece of cake. <laughs> she could do De Niro's part. Yeah, was it simply backwards and heels or whatever the expression? Backwards and heels. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. She could do all of that. Yeah. It's it's a oh, oh, oh we haven't even talked about Darlene. Oh, best villain you've ever seen on the screen. And those that I mean, Darlene is what late sixties, seventy. She's 70, seventy years old. Yeah, seventy years old. Yeah, and does nude scenes. Nude scenes because she's professional and authentic romance with someone fifty years younger than her. Yeah. Yeah. Full makeup that you believe that you believe, yeah, and that like if yeah, crazy, yeah. And then after we've talked about all them of uh, being the greatest actors of all time, yeah, we then have to bring in Ruth, who is the woman playing Ruth, yeah, who's going to win every award in the world. She should, uh, yeah. yeah, she should. And who is she? Who the who the fuck is Ruth? I remember her name. She just came out. They finally gave her another big Netflix show. Uh, inventing Anna. She's the star of that. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, I was no interest in watching that. Now I have. <laughs> right. That's yeah. the same thing happened with me. Yeah. I was like, oh, wait, that's that's Ruth. Yeah, I but I mean, I don't it. like true life stuff. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I also, I just was Googling something and I brought up a picture of her. Yeah. And went, oh, oh my goodness. She, she's not, that's not Ruth. Yeah. That's not even close to Ruth. No. Because they're professionals. Yes, and that's not how she talks and all that. And you bring up pictures of all these people. Yeah. And they're like, they look nothing like they look in the show. Yeah. It's 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 really amazing. So we have now officially changed the name, I Hate Lucy. <laughs> Turns out I used to think that you needed to do that to write entertainment. Yeah. You fucking don't need to do it. Let's go back. Here's a project for us. Yeah. We're going to go back to the first season of I Love Lucy. I love this project. And we're going to rewrite it with what we know now. <laughs> Ethel, Ethel, we can't get the machine to stop. Tell Ricky right away. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky, we're trying to sell the Vegemaga Biga back about, yeah. and we can't do it. Okay, let me talk to Fred. We can work this out. Yeah. That would make the part where she has to actually eat stuff off of the conveyor belt funnier. <laughs> yes, it would. Because she yes, actually is trapped in the situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Normally she can talk her way out of it, but not this time. No, no, because Ricky knows. <laughs> get the get all the cakes off the conveyor. We'll help you. <laughs> oh, well, that's that is no problem. Ah, it's going too fast. You know, something else. But you just gotta have you've gotta have a uh, another fifty in the chamber. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. These people are writing with like, uh, the muscle they have is unbelievable. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's crazy. We got to find ourselves a, an Ozark or Breaking Bad writer to have on the show. 
I don't, you don't need the, we don't need the top guy. Yeah. Just a guy to, to talk about this shit. Talk about what did, it was like when they said. Punch up on season two. Let us. <laughs> yeah. If anybody involved <laughs> in any of these shows was in that writer's room, let's hear about it. Yeah. You got anything else coming up? You got any shows to talk about? Uh, I'll be in San Diego last weekend of February. I'll be at the House of Cards for a week in March. That's in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm uh, going to be. I think I was at the House of Cards. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Pretty good. It's a nice room. Yeah. Low ceilings. Low ceilings. You don't care about that. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. You play in the parlor? I don't juggle. Yeah, I play a little parlor there. Yeah. But Joey Martinez over there running that. Oh, good. Yeah. It's a good place. Next door is like the Johnny Cash Museum. Yeah, yeah. Has a picture of me and Mac King uh, sticking our faces through pretending to be Johnny Cash and June Carter. Oh, nice. I was Johnny. You knew that. <laughs> <laughs> that was Pet Sunday School. That was Pet Sunday School. Cha, cha, cha. You become naked. Yeah, you know, the idea of writing comedy like that, pretty crazy. Yeah. But I bet totally possible and fun. Well, succession. Yeah. And succession is all about keeping secrets, and they don't. Right. That's definitely true. You know, we love you. You got anybody to thank them, Matt Dog? Yeah, I want to thank the following people who support us at patreon.com slash pen. These are loyal members of the congregation. Jeremy R22, Winter Wiakowski, Kristen Kladick, Michael Cohen, Dr. Scoop Little, Joe Mistrangelo, Jeremiah Jenkins, Nate Soloway, Kelly Reeves, Michael Kaplan, Jesse Miller, Alexander Hoffman, Danny Olwine, Julian Webb, Sean Magruder. Stephen Volcano, Jim the Naked Magician selling the domain, <laughs> nakedmagician.com. <laughs> Best of luck. Scooped Mids and Paul McBride. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.